I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to this week's episode of The Wocast. Joining me is Chisanga Malata. We're without the third musketeer this week, and that is Kairos Bodley. How you doing, my man? I'm well, man. I'm well there. I'm I'm, I'm enjoying this, this furlough life now, <laughs> the, uh, courtesy of uh, of uh, old Rishi. He sorted sorted me out, but no, yeah, I've I've had a I've had a good week. I've, I've I've come back home actually to my parents to help them out around the house. Obviously, be socially distant in, in that now, but I'm yeah I'm doing it within the within the the government rules as well now because we can now have a bubble of of people who we mix with. So um yeah, it's it's been it's been good to be home. It's the first time I've been home in like maybe four months. So good to see the family. We just had a barbecue not too where's, long where's ago. Where's home though? Uh, Cambridge. Just in Cambridge, oh, right. okay. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and actually getting some fresh air as well. It's, it's actually nice being out, <laughs> being outside the big smoke. But no, it's I've, I've been good. What about yourself? Well, holding it down with the Wocast, basically doing midweek editions with yourself. Yep, <laughs> and um, cranking up on the old um, cookery show. Come down with MMA, released an episode last week with um, my man Genesis Elijah, one of the uh, legendary rappers in the UK. Indeed, indeed. And, yeah, and, um, well, basically just building up the team in terms of new writers who've actually come on board to work with um, Woe TV, who are also furloughed. So it's good that that is, you know, um, I suppose a positive aspect Mm -hmm. of um, people actually, you know, being... Well, I wouldn't say less necessarily laid off, but um, temporarily uh, away from their existing employer. But um, also, um, I've, I've been, you know, glued to Twitter um, in terms of what's been happening over the last few days. In, in particular, uh, yesterday around Black Lives Black Lives Matter, and you know, the the interesting um, iconography which came out of yesterday, one of which would have done the rounds on twitter and that it was it was a chap who'd rescued a far-right campaigner who looked worse aware who'd been separated from his friends and um, received the right old kicking now in all honesty my temperament and my um what's the word i'm looking for my love has been lent out and mm. my mercy has been um, on loan also for a long, long time. So I was glad that these young men had actually picked up, obviously, the mercy which I'd lent out. Because a group of um, mixed martial artists and uh, personal trainers mm-hmm. and security uh, personnel who actually weren't actually there to protest. They were actually there to um, protect protesters, ended up protecting one of the far-right campaigners. Now, I'm going to be joined um, in the midweek edition of the show by none other than Jermaine Facey, who was one of the ex-mixed martial artists who were actually on scene and part of the five men who'd rescued this guy. Yeah, man. I, the, the images that I saw, the, the image of, I do believe, the gentleman's name, Patrick Hutchinson carrying the yeah. the the guy away from uh, away from the melee the the madness it, that was that was truly an iconic and, and and powerful image and one that really resonated with me and one that that just shows that that people should rise above their differences or whatever and do what's right in 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 the moment in the moment right there Patrick might believe that that gentleman and I I, I believe he probably was one of the people that went to i put in air courts go protect statues or what have mm. you but um who and unfortunately in, in in that group although i wasn't i wasn't surprised there were people doing nazi salutes there were people uh, re- yelling racial epithets and 
and just going around terrorizing people as 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 well. I, I don't know if you saw the video. I think it was just was it just outside of Hyde Park where there there are three people sat just having a picnic, and then this big group of men who were drinking and what have you just came through and just basically move them on aggressively and i can't imagine how that was but um I'm, I'm... yeah i saw that it just didn't make any sense yeah. it, it had to be the drink that was actually driving them because and their the actions just well it just didn't add, add up it didn't add up but but going back to um to patrick that uh that that image and the whole reason why he was out was was really was really telling of his character and the character of everybody else as associated with him, that they would put themselves in harm's way to prevent the uh, the the youth essentially the the some, some yeah. of the black and, uh, and Asian and other ethnic minority youth from getting into trouble with these uh, these far right elements who obviously had gone up to had gone up or come down to London to let let's call a spade a spade have a fight pretty much have have, mm. a, have a tear up mm. and those are the type of figures that we need to be highlighting. And that the media needs to highlight uh, during 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 this time. But I've I've only seen Patrick on Channel Four so far. I'd I'd like to see him on 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 the front of the national newspapers, but that's that's not going to happen now. It's uh, especially if you've seen the the Daily Mail front page yesterday that or for day for today's front page that really ground my gears because I think it was like oh what happened to our tolerant Britain and. I just wanted to respond to them. You, you happened to our Tolman Britain Daily Mail. But anyway. Exactly. You destroyed it, Daily Mail, because one of the um, people actually being um, almost pummeled to the ground, um, I think it was his girlfriend actually issued a video. And in that video, this is what incensed me more than that actual scene. I'll tell you why. The police were there questioning him as though he was actually in the wrong and he mm-hmm. had, had um, questions to answer. But let these, um, well, the, the, these these yobs, basically, who'd actually assaulted him, just, you know, carry on with their march. And that annoyed me and it, it ground my gears to a, 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 a large extent. I'll tell you why, because the whole point underpinning these protests, it's, yes, the catalyst was... Um, George Floyd but there's mm-hmm. a wider issue in the UK and that is systemic and, and institutionalised racism in the police but systemic racism full stop across the board in um, UK society so the fact that this was underlined by this perpetrator going about his business um, after assaulting this young man and then the young man who'd been assaulted he was the one who was almost you know under interrogation it, it really it had me quite incensed to be honest no i was i was very irked i think it was you who you, you tweeted the the video of the the girls uh the girls video of the the, the encounter with the police officers i think i do believe yeah. it, i think it was in bristol it wasn't in the capital as initially That's right. as initially yeah. as i thought and i like the many thousands of other people that watched it was well and truly annoyed by what i saw because it was there was video footage. There was photographic evidence of that man. The police were trying to pull him away from the from the uh, from the on from the onslaught of yobs, and one of them hit him clean when he when he's, he's defenseless essentially. And mm. uh, but yet the police then accused him of being the antagonist, which 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 clearly wasn't the case. It seemed that they took the easy route out and singling out the the one person rather than going for the majority. That's that, that that that's how I how I took it, and I'm I'm not surprised that the minority was a person of color. Yeah, man, it's sad. Speaking it's of sad. surprises, though, yeah. Speaking of surprises, though, what a surprise last night was UFC Vegas two. Now I've got to put my hand up. I was one of the people, one of the the detractors, who looking at that on paper, it looked like a terrible card. Yeah. Boy, was I wrong, and I have to eat humble pie because it delivered and it delivered big time not only did we have um several finishes but we had some displays when it came to decisions of incredible fights now Mm. for me there were some standouts i I really did enjoy um the tyson nam ko but 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 optics Look fantastic when you actually you know dig into you know Zaruk Adashev's um, background and you you know you, you see that he's 
three two, three three and two, and um, Tyson Nam is seventeen and eleven. It yeah. makes you think. Come on, you, we know what that setup, what that matchup was all about. Now, to be honest with you, that doesn't get away from the fact that that was an incredible knockout. Oh, man, and and the follow up punch as well. It was academical. Yeah. <laughs> it was well and truly ac- academic. I'm a- academical. It was well and truly academic. That's what I meant to say because he was. Boy, it was. He was out more than Eddie Wineland was out the week before. Man, gee, mm. like that was that, that was that's a contender for one of the most savage knockouts of, of the year for, for sure. <laughs> and it was good to see uh, Christina Aguilera <laughs> delivering. Yes, <laughs> I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Not say Christina Aguilera. I, I mm. could. I mean, how can you not make that joke? A guy called Christina. Christine. I keep calling him Christina Aguilera. Christian Aguilera. <laughs> and that. <laughs> and that that was that was that was a slick finish of, of Anthony Ivy. That that really yeah. was. I, I was very I was very impressed with that. But like as you said, you sometimes you can't judge a card until the card is finished itself. I I I know we 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 went high on the card once we saw when we saw it and when we saw that Calvia versus Jessica I was was going to headline it, but. I mean, it, it delivered. Dana White says this so often: judge a card once it's finished, and you can't judge a card before then. And he was True. he was it, he was right again. Mm-hmm. Very low on star power, but man, did it deliver in terms of finishes and you know really intriguing and quite well played out decisions. I mean, was mm-hmm. there anything else on there that kind of caught your eye? Uh, Marvin Vittori against Carl Robinson. Like I've, uh, I've yeah, going to get onto that. Yeah, well, I was. Oh, it was it was a imp- impressive finish, but I, I I think that was probably maybe not maybe I enjoyed the the Feely Charles Jordan fight as well the split decision fight I mean any mm. any fight Andre Feely is in is a very entertaining fight but also marriage to Dashvili did I say his name Dashvili yeah I think it's I butchered it anyway <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I thought it was a silent D I thought it was Vlish. Uh, sorry, Vlishvili. But Vish, maybe it is Mirabli. But I, I could be wrong. I, yeah, I, I, man. Just, I just for some reason I've got the, the D down as um, silent. Well, yeah, so um, have, I think he set a new a new record for bantamweight takedowns. I think was it thir- like I think it was his own record that he broke actually that he broke. If if memory, I think he took him down thirteen times. If I'm wow. cor- if I'm correct. But oh no, that might not even count because this fight was a catch rate fight, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he might not get the record, but I think most people will, will will give him the record that he already has. Yeah, he was. I think it was thirteen takedowns off the top of my head. But yeah, incredible. But yeah, I think incredible. he's he's definitely ready for a top fifteen guy now for uh, for sure. Hmm. You see, circling back, um, uh, you mentioned Marvin uh, Vittori and Carl Robertson. I wanted to bring that to the table this week in terms of my talking points, mm-hmm. coupled with Jessica I and Sylvia Carvalho. Now, the the, the the talking point for me here is weight cuts. Obviously, going into this, um, Jessica I was, how can I put it? Um, well, made to eat crow and to view her receipts. She previously <laughs> said that it's unprofessional um, for a fighter to not make weight. And mm-hmm. um, what happened? She didn't make weight. Similarly, with Carl Robertson, uh, didn't make weight. And um, Marvin Vittori, <laughs> Marvin Vittori wasted no time in actually, well, giving him the payback for missing out the first time when they were mm-hmm. supposed to be matched up, but also for missing weight as well. But the reason for like bringing that to the table in terms of them both missing weight, Carl Robertson, missing weight. Jessica I, missing weight. But my question to you is this, and this is why I brought it to the table. We are coming out of a pandemic, uh, supposedly. And, um, you know, with things returning to, you know, a next new normal, surely we should be cutting them some slack, considering that they wouldn't have had, you know, the opportunity to train in the same way that they would have or cut weight in the same way that they would have in a timely fashion. Are we being too hard on, you know, these athletes, considering the condition that they have to work with right now? Or is it a case of, look, you signed the contract, you knew what you were signing up for, weight and the number was uh, something which you should be um, adhering to as well? Uh, 
I, I'm kind of torn here. I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence. While I agree with the notion that if you're a professional fighter and if you sign the contract, you should make the weight. But as you say, we're in the midst of a pandemic. People can't train properly. People's whole lives are well and truly disrupted. So. You should, I think you should cut fighters some slack, obviously. But then again, as, as as I said just there, the fighter, they don't have to take the fight there and then. They can be like, oh, well, I don't have the the, the optimum training. I don't know if my weight cut's going to be going, okay, I'm not going to be in contact with my nutritionist or, or yeah. what, what have you. So, yeah, part, part of me thinks that... Yeah, well, you, you sign and then don't align. You've 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 got to make weight, but at the same time, again, lives have been turned upside down. And with 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 regards to um, to Jessica, I missing weight. I always always reserve judgment uh, when women miss weight because obviously of uh, of of their menstrual cycle can play can uh, can play a, a factor into it because obviously the. I, I think water that retention. water retention with uh, due to mm. higher estrogen levels so mm. but i'm not i'm not sure if that was the case uh, in this instance we've seen instances in the past where uh, some female fighters have missed weight by like a good four or five pounds but that's purely down to it being water retention issues but yeah i've again i'm i'm, I'm kind of torn up but if i was to if i was to stake my my flag in on one camp i'd say cut the fight seems like especially during during this time i mean in the uk well well i know our bubble's just extended now but you you, you can't go to a gym like you can't do anything so yeah cut the fight seems like i i think we're, i think we're being a bit harsh but <laughs> <laughs> but how many how many pounds did uh, Robertson miss by? He missed by four point five. Am I right, or is that? I think it was around that. Yeah. Yeah. Now that kind of makes me think that he he knew he wasn't going to make weight, and then he just thought, "Fuck it, I'm not going to kill myself any anymore." And just I, something with that doesn't sit well, well well with me because Marvin's going through the same thing and he's killing himself to try to get down to the weight and be professional, and then Carl's just taking the the. I don't want to say the easy route because obviously it's a it's a tumultuous and torturous thing cutting weight but he's just made the decision right I'm I'm going to bail I'm going to try preserve myself and try have an advantage when I get into the cage yeah well exactly exactly you know just latching on to something that you said um, about you know the UK it just reminded me that um, we've had a few UK signings in terms of Fight Island there a few more additions Molly McCann, uh, Mark Ducasey, and Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood, uh, his assignment. Oh, boy. I have to say. Um, that, um, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but, you know, the Nergamodov, Nergamodov, Nergamodov family name uh, sends chills through mm-hmm. um, through fighters, I'm sure. And um, I, I kind of think that's a tough assignment for Nathaniel Wood. Oh, man, especially coming off a of of a stoppage loss to to John Dodson, like I know he, he for me, I I I had him winning the fight, and yeah, I think he was just a bit reckless towards the end because he got the he got the cut, and I think he thought shit if the judges, uh, not the judges, if the doctors take a look at the cut, blah blah blah, they might stop it or whatever, or what have you, and the rest is history. But to take on a unbeaten Dagestani who's, who's 12 and 0 man just and will be looking to make a splash on the on their UFC debut that takes some cojones man that that really does and like we've been covering Nathaniel for a long time to know that he he'll take any smoke he'll have the smoke anytime anywhere but yeah when I when I saw MMA junkie report that news I was like okay I was like right I was like shit he's got some balls I was like Fair play to him. That's that's what that's why we love him, and that's what that's what you want to see. You want to see up and coming prospects, and I know obviously there's the pun there and the prospect there. You want to see them taking on tough challenges as well, and yeah. sh- not shying away from tough challenges that might be available to them. So good on him. I'm 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 pumped for the fight. I'm really really pumped for the fight, and it's only in a matter of weeks as well, and so we won't have to wait long to watch it. So I think this is going to be a barn burner. I do like the um, the whole kind of like angle of prospect versus the prospect. Yeah. Because, um, you know, Uma Nagamadov, I have to say, maybe it's just me, but it's just that family name, which is kind of like, <laughs> it, it makes you kind of like 
do a second take, surely. And it, it would make you, as somebody who's facing, you know, an unbeaten prospect, surely do a, a, a double take. Not only have you got an unbeaten prospect to contend with, but you've got an Omega... No, 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 What's the matter with me today? No Omega Madoff to deal with as well. Oh man, it's 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 going to be a good fight. Uh, Nathaniel's hell bent on getting back in the win column. I know this is his his first loss uh, in in the UFC, but yeah. as, as we know that after each of his his losses, he's gone on stellar runs. I know. I, th- I think after his first loss, he went on a, a good three fight win streak, and then after his second, it was an eight fight win streak. I do believe. So I'm expecting big things from Nathaniel. Mm. And again, yeah, Molly McCann. I'm. Shout out to Molly McCann. Molly McCann is my girl, and she's my favorite scouser. Well and Talia Santos. Yeah, Talia Santos, man. That's mm. a that that's a good fight, and Molly's going to be a, a major reach reach disadvantage for this fight because uh, Talia Santos has got some John Jones arms or whatever yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really good fight, and I hope that I hope and I really do hope that if Molly gets a win, that her name like shoots up the right the rankings it really should do oh definitely not that i've got any inside information but i want to see larone murphy return uh to the cage really really soon and i i don't know just a feeling in my water that you know a, a larone murphy matchup is imminent i think we're going to hear it, something either this week or next week as to who larone murphy is going to be facing has yeah. to be i'm yeah. willing that i'm speaking that into existence <laughs> yeah because he was going to fight uh mowgli benitez in london yeah yeah and that was going to be a, a, a good fight but yeah i, I mean he larone got screwed with that decision in abu dhabi he really did oh definitely he, well well and truly got screwed with that but i i, I think he showed that he, he he belongs at the at the pinnacle of the sport, uh, pinnacle of sport promotions. So, and I'm very much looking forward to his fight. And I, what I like, I liked about that as well. He shut a few people up. Considering, you know, think about it. He's not really been on the mainstream circuit before he bounced mm-hmm. into the UFC. I mean, it was regional circuit, and it was smaller regional promotions that he'd fought on. But to go in there against, you know, um, to Gogov and, you know, to go in there and to basically give a really good account of himself on um, short notice as well. You know, I think he shut quite a few people up. Yeah, man. And Zabaya Tukov is no slouch as well. Like, let's let's not forget, like, he comes from AKA and he also trains under the tutelage of Habib's dad when he's in Dagestan as well. So to yeah. put, to put on a stellar performance against Tukov on your on your UFC debut, that's nothing to to take lightly. So I'm really looking forward to when he fights next, man. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to the Brits getting back in action as well because <laughs> it's well for a lot of them it's 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 been a long time it's since since they fought. So I'm trying to think. Who else do I want? Danny Roberts as well. I mean, Danny Roberts against Nicholas Dalby. That I'd was, still like to see that, yeah. Man, that, like, I don't know who, like, if, I know we're meant to be impartial and not root for anybody or whatever, but, <laughs> but both guys are, like, are so nice and so lovely, man. Like, you, yeah. Like, I mean, that, Danny's, Danny's one of my boys. I, I, I love Danny, and I'm actually going to be speaking to Danny. I think not this Monday coming, the, the following one, because. I'm planning on doing a, a piece on 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 racism and uh, the fight uh, on racism fighters have uh, have received when when they're at events abroad or and, oh, okay. and, and just in general in life. The timing isn't great because I've been placed on furlough, but uh, yeah, so I'm going to be dropping dropping that. Hopefully, I'll be getting Jimmy Manor on and uh, Leon Edwards and Danny, and also I'm going to try get Darren Stewart to discuss it as well. So mm. yes, yeah, so. That's something to stay tuned for in July. But again, back to Dalby and, and Roberts. That's a fight that has to happen, man. That was for me, that I think other than the main event of the since deceased UFC London for twenty twenty, yeah. uh, that was the fight I was looking forward to the most. You know, not not that I, I should be pushing or promoting fighters, but, you know, just thinking about your piece, so just to circle back to it. Mm-hmm. You might want to talk to Mark Diacasey as well. I mean, yeah, of course. He has got an incredible story to tell. You know, to be honest with you, it's been a story which has been untold up until now. And maybe, you know, maybe he'll talk to you about it. 
Not for sure, yeah. I, I, I want to get as many fighters as possible to to tell me about their experiences and what, what systemic racism that they've, uh, systemic and systematic racism that they've suffered and if they think they've, that perhaps their career hasn't gone a certain way because of their race or, or what have you. Like, I know in the fight game, perhaps at times it's it's not necessarily d- defined by race because it lit- you literally get body, uh, judged on your body of work. And, yeah. And in particular with the with the UFC, say, for example, if a black fighter was on a five fight win streak, absolutely starching somebody, every, starching everybody and then their white counterpart was was doing the same. Well, not doing the same was getting decisions or whatever, then the black fighter is going to get pushed more because obviously their body of work speaks for itself and it mm. sells more for the promotion. But again, I just want to delve into their the experiences they've had growing up especially mark coming coming uh to the con to the uk from the congo as yes. well so that's yes. something yeah, i mean learning a new language having a different accent as well and, mm. and being up north well yorkshire up north that anywhere north of watford's north for me to be honest but Boom. yeah you're hitting all the points though i mean like i say people have skirted around it because he's not been willing to talk about it Mm -hmm. but i really i I can't think of a better person for him to unpack this with than you so i'm really hoping that you know he trusts you with the story because Mm -hmm. man it it needs telling it really does yeah i'll i'll include it in the the main overall piece that i'm I'm planning on doing but i'm definitely going to do it as a separate piece as well i've i've been slacking on my feature feature writing for the last six months so I, i need to need to get back to it and this is a perfect story. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. So, what you bring to the table this week, as it is just me and all you? <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling old, man, after after the workout I had today. I'm feeling old and creaky and tired. But <laughs> Oh, man, don't stop. This whole furlough stroke uh, coronavirus laid at home, incarcerated. Wait, man, I put on <laughs> two stone. Can you believe this? Ridiculous. So tomorrow, funnily enough, tomorrow is the start of new me. Ah, uh, well, I've, man, it, like, I think it was maybe five weeks into lockdown. I stepped on the scale and the number just... was, was, <laughs> it, was just, it was just not good. So I just, It's ugly. Yeah, it's it, ugly. Yeah. I know. I'm there right now. <laughs> so I just said to myself, I was just like, "Nah, I need, to, I, I need to do something, man." So, <laughs> but it's hard to, it's hard to eat well when I'm back at my mom and dad's house and mum's just feeding me everything. And well, you know what mothers are like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm finding motivation really, really hard. To be honest with you, I'm finding it's like, you know, what's the point? I'm not going anywhere. I'm just staying in my house. So, you know why? But no, looking at that scale and looking at those numbers, it's like, uh, no. <laughs> time to get rid of this now exactly man exactly but anyway the uh the point i was uh, gonna bring up today was what did you make of dana white's uh rant about how the media interpreted his comments about conor mcgregor essentially well the way that he said it he, he implied that conor mcgregor turned down a fight with tony ferguson once yeah. uh once habib was was rendered unable to compete due to travel restrictions placed by russia mm-hmm the manner in which you said it, it was rather scathing. It, it was, it, 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 I think it was on Jim Rohn, on the Jim Rohn show, or maybe on ESPN, he said it. It came across quite scathing. And he basically said that, uh, Connor said, oh, I'm not a replacement fighter. And then Gaethje, Gaethje said, yeah, so Gaethje's the guy now. And as, as, a, lot of, as a lot of outlets do, they, 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 they kind of dressed it up. They not, I wouldn't say totally sensationalized it because I believe that some of the headlines were justified, but Dana White singled out Bloody Elbow in particular, <laughs> which... Nice plug for Bloody Elbow. Hey, a lot, lot of people rushing to that site as soon as he mentioned them. Oh, yeah, exactly, man. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there would have been a bit of click-through rate on, on, the, <laughs> on, on, the, on the story, story whatsoever. But what did you make of him, again, going after the media and essentially... Calling, calling us liars or what have you. 
Dana White's going to Dana White. This isn't new. This isn't something which has just, you know, appeared. When you think about it, the old Dana White was anti-media. The new Dana White is anti-media. So nothing new to be seen here. When you think about it as well, he is Mr. Deflection. Anything to actually deflect the fact that, yes, in essence, that's what he said. Yes, there was a little bit of, I wouldn't say even dressing up, but kind of um, putting it in the context of, let's just cut to the chase here. This is what he said. Now, in essence, they hadn't actually added anything or um, taken anything away. They just presented what he said raw. Mm-hmm. No, com- com- completely. And I think I, f- I think he just perhaps didn't... Well, I, I-, I don't know. Maybe maybe Connor was like, what the fuck was... <laughs> maybe he slid exactly. his- in his DMs. I, I don't know. These- yep. that's, a- that's a distinct possibility. And maybe he... He had to backtrack on it somewhat, but again, it's it seems that at times he's he's happy to. It, it's almost it's almost Trumpian, like part of the Trump playbook to 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 blame the media for creating this narrative, and then yeah, that furthers the narrative that the media are oh they don't tell they don't tell the truth or whatever. And I, I think I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he basically said you can't you can't believe everything that you read now, like you can't believe headlines that that you that you read and that that's that's very that's like his good friend donald isn't it? <laughs> it, it it really is and i'm glad you 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 mentioned his good friend donald because you're right that he's like spot on i mean the distraction techniques that you know the president um of the united states been using for the longest while now it seems to have been picked up and they, they're working from the same playbook when you look there, there is certain similarities to the way that they operate mm-hmm. oh uh, i mean there's there's more than certain similarities to, to, to how they operate but uh I'd, I'd say dana is not a scumbag whereas the president of the united <laughs> states is a scumbag i'm probably going to be denied an esther form the next time i go to to, to apply you know, to get into the you states know something. you know something don't joke because i remember reading i don't know how serious they were but that they were going to check people's social media accounts to see if they said anything disparaging about the president and uh, your applications for visas would be considered in that light. Man, that's, well, f- for for freedom of speech, you know, I mean, that's, come on, you, you, you can't, you can't punish people for just saying what you, how it, how it is and calling out Donald on his BS. You've got a president who shuts down media when they ask the wrong, air quotes, type of questions at press conferences. So why not? Yeah, this is true. This is true, actually. And we'll see you the next time I try to go to America if I'm tonight. <laughs> entry. I could just imagine I get to I get to customs and they'll be like, oh, on uh, on June 13th on the or is it 13th today? Yes. June, <laughs> on June 13th on the broadcast, you call Donald Trump a scumbag. You're being denied entry to the United States of America. And then, wow. I have, then I have to phone my editors and be like, uh, I actually can't cover the flights because they're not letting me <laughs> into the country. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Any more for any more before we wrap up? Um, there was something else that, that that was on my mind. And I think it was, again, we're referring to, to Dana White. And I think mm. I, even I was guilty of this uh, to a certain extent. Dana White was saying that Amanda Nunes doesn't get the credit that she deserves because she's a woman. Now, obviously, we we compiled the the top ten list. I think it was a, a fortnight ago that we compiled the respective top ten yeah. list, and yeah. I, I completely forgot about Amanda Nunes, and that that wasn't me a- actively choosing to to ignore her her body of work. Which I mean, it's it was arguably one of the one of the best of all the resumes of the current UFC champions. I mean, because she's she's beaten. The who's who in the in the hundred and thirty five pound and I'm not even gonna say hundred forty five pound division because that division doesn't exist. But <laughs> I, I I think he's right to a certain extent. I don't I don't think Amanda Nunes gets her her, her just dues because she's she's a woman. What what's your sense on that? No, I I think you know he's hit the nails straight on the head. And you know the irony in his statement is incredible, considering you know it took. Uh, Ronda Rousey almost begging him to let women actually compete in the UFC. Is it any surprise if he set that as a precedent in terms of um, what's palatable, in terms of what views are held by himself, um, Mm -hmm. that the fan base 
and you know you, you know to a certain extent other fighters have that view as well because when you hear the goat conversation her name doesn't appear in the top five well unless you're me and her name mm-hmm. definitely appeared in my top five but i i i to be honest with you i i know this isn't about the blame game but he is part of the reason why there is that condition and why there is that um that 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 sort of strength of feeling out there but uh, do you remember the build up to the Ronda Rousey fight? It was, I do believe yeah. it was two oh seven. I mean the the amount of disrespect that the UFC showed showed Amanda Munez in the build up to that fight with with the lack of promos and everything. Mm. M- maybe it was unintentional. Maybe they were just focused on one of their biggest stars of all time coming back, which obviously I get. It's part of the narrative, and it's 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 huge for the sport as well. But the fact that they didn't highlight. For for instance, Amanda was the the first openly gay UFC uh, champion, and Brazil's first female UFC champion, and they didn't highlight her body of work and the that she'd laid waste to all that all those who had come before, barring uh, Katz and Garner. I mean, had they done that and had they had they uh, referenced those aforementioned points that I made, that pay per view could have been remarkably bigger, and Amanda Nunes could be even. Well, I, I I dare I say she could be a superstar now if they'd if they'd done that if they'd given her the same treatment. Again, it's fingers pointed back to Dana White. Have you ever heard him mention even the words LGBTQI in any conversation? Have you heard him um, championing gay rights? Have you heard him kind of like you know even positively unless he's actually challenged, especially recently, mm-hmm. um, to say something positive about Black Lives Matter? I think when it comes to minorities this doesn't seem to be a hot topic for him uh worthy of bigging up or discussing or even amplifying it seems as though he struggles when it comes to talking about those issues which is evident from you know i don't want to move it away from the topic of conversation but Mm. which is evident when you know he was recently asked about his view on black lives matters i don't even know how to answer that was how he kind of like termed his response now big up to john morgan i think he's worthy of praise because he took dana to task on this um in the recent uh, post uh, no pre-fight scrum mm-hmm. and that was a, an issue which john morgan from mma junkie pressed him on but going back to you know the conversation about you know lgbtqi and you know the fact that you know amanda nunes doesn't get her props or bigged up. I think that Dana White is part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks that maybe, no, I, I think Dana White, of course, he's he's more than articulate and smart enough to, to, to discuss these issues. But I think yes. part of me thinks that he doesn't want to alienate the fan base as well, if, if you know what I mean, about talking, in, not in particular, just about Black Lives Matter but as you said there uh, about lgbtq issues as well especially mm. especially with i mean the amount of fighters that have dropped dropped the f bomb during during promos interviews or or uh, or press conferences or or what have you i mean maybe he knows that he's not he's not in the best place to to discuss those issues when when fighters are openly using homophobic slurs yeah well, there is one way of actually clearing that up, and that is setting a precedent and you being the champion or the standard bearer and, you know, making your stance on it very clear. But he hasn't. That mm. is, again, I think, the root of the problem. OK, don't get me wrong. It's not the only issue at play here, but yeah. I really do see Dana White as the personification of the UFC. And when you have a president, a president of you know, an organisation who hasn't made his stance clear on a certain issue, it really does kind of like, well, it, it, it shouldn't be too hard to work out why there are these issues within your own organisation. Mm-hmm. Well, I do believe, I can't remember what year it was. I think it might have been in 2013. If you If you remember, the UFC signed a guy and... I can't remember what his name was. It might have been... It was something... He had Nazi connections, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think his name was mm. something Brinter. I can't remember what his, what his name was. Right. It, yeah, it's it, it's it's going to annoy me. But yeah, he had neo-Nazi uh, connections. And obviously, he came... White came out and said that we literally don't tolerate... Uh, tolerate 
people that have these views and and whatever the UFC is an accepting accepting company but I think maybe he had to say something about that because that was literally on the far end of this of of the political spectrum if you know what I mean I think you see I'm I'm prepared to be wrong on this but I do recall it was after a lull it was after a silence it wasn't as though he came out immediately okay it was it was it was people in the press were, were pushing the issue but like I say, my memory on it is rather hazy, but I do remember that the whole fury mm-hmm. and I do remember him making it very clear. But like I say, it was kind of like, it was almost as though he was nudged to. Mm-hmm. Also, did you see the um, the story? I think it was unfolding. Was it late on, late on, maybe, maybe uh, late, early Saturday morning for us, late on Friday night, or maybe it was last night. But mm-hmm. uh some guy who shot eight people in a bar in Texas who was claiming to be a UFC fighter. UFC fighter, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. Like put it this way, it's very easy for that to roll off the tongue because people <laughs> kind of like swap that out with I'm an MMA fighter. No, I'm a UFC fighter. So I doubt very much this person was a UFC fighter. Well, I hope that he wasn't a UFC fighter because those words seem to be very interchangeable in the States. Yeah, well, I think the quote was don't you know who I am? I'm a UFC fighter from California. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know, man. It's I, like, like you say, I'm 99.99% recurring sure that it's not an active UFC fighter who's gone on a rampage. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I'd put it this way. I'd be very, very shocked and I'd be willing to put my house on the line here that you know it's not an active or serving you know UFC fighter that would be you know 2020 has been just one weird year and this would actually cap it off oh man exactly in fact before you go actually before you go one thing Mm. I wanted to to talk to about is have you seen some of the old UFC veterans piping up and taking aim at Joe Silva and taking aim at the UFC for lack of pay yeah, well, in their early respective fights, I think uh, Sam Stout he he was tweeting. No, didn't see this. Yeah, did you not tweet? I'll I'll bring up. Yeah, his... set, set this up then because this is, this is news to me. Yeah, Sam Stout he tweeted, and oh god, yes, Sam Stout and his uh, his wife recently lost their child as well. Man, that was terrible news. Oh, I no. don't know, I don't know if you saw that. I think that was a couple of weeks ago, and they had to set up a, a GoFundMe page. Oh he, yes, I saw that. Yes. Yeah, he um, yes on June thirteenth. Yes, Sam Sam started tweeted. I got paid two k and two k for my first UFC fight when they were starting out. When they got rich, they kept us all poor. We're commodities to them. I'm with Game Bread Fighter at Johnny Bones at Gray Maynard and all the others that have the balls to stand up to the man. And uh, that started that kick started a, a chain reaction because several other fighters piped up and uh, some of them including former lightweight title challenger Gray Maynard and uh, former standout Mike Pierce as well. And a lot of them took aim at uh, Joe Silva. In fact, Mike Pierce went as far, and I'm just going to read out one of his tweets uh, regarding Joe Silva. He said, we all have stories about that Hobbit dirtbag. (laughs) Wow, Hobbit dirtbag. Jesus Christ. That is what, yeah, (laughs) what, what he called him. And uh, <laughs> how did I miss this? Tell a lie. I saw Gray Maynard's, but I didn't know it was in the context of, you know, the Hobbit dirtbag. Oh man, yeah, they, they yeah, they, uh, a lot of these fighters. I'm, I'm sure they feel that they were underpaid for their years of service to the promotion, and especially a fighter like Gray Maynard who went through some wars with Frankie oh, Edgar. Massive wars, yeah. That's yeah, why it I, caught my eye because he should have been properly recompensed for that and when I saw the paltry mm. amount that he was paid man it brought tears to my eyes because you can imagine that he is one of these fighters who is absolutely broke right now yeah 100% and it's it's a shame it's a shame to see him he's I think was it 2, 4, 6 or one of the recent McGregor cards he was fighting in the prelims man and just mm. it's a shame to see a a, a fighter a great fighter he was a great fighter at the time and a former world title challenger slipping to fight him in some of the curtain jerkers man it's just it's sad to see and it, 
I think it's an an indictment on how little the promotion pay their fighters because I think he said that after his uh, fight of the year with Frankie Edgar, and I, I think they well obviously they had a rematch, and he said they get uh, Joe Silver gave him the lowest pay that was available for uh, a title fight, which is forty two wow. to show and forty two thousand to win, Jesus. and no paper no pay per view points as well. You know something? There is a way to fix this, but the fighters don't want to do it. If you unionize, then your voice is collective. Now, to be honest with you, I guarantee you, 10 years down the line, when you own a media outlet and you're rich and famous, and we're having this conversation, (laughs) I guarantee you, fighter pay will be on our lips. Guarantee you. Yeah, man, it's... it's it's just baffling, especially considering when you see the amount of money uh, our counterparts in boxing that are, are, exactly. are paid. Yeah. It's, I look, I know the sport's been around for, for hundreds of years more or, or, what, or what have you, but at the same time, the MMA fighters are t- well, taking significantly more of a risk, I, I, I believe, when, when they step into the cage. And yeah. it's, just, it's just baffling that they're not paid as much. Also, before we go, I know, Mm. speaking about boxing, what are your thoughts on AJ versus Tyson Fury getting announced this week? Uh, Yeah, it was this week that it got announced. Like, I said to you that maybe it's a conspiratorial side of me speaking or whatever, but part of me thinks that they might have expedited things in light of the the racial tensions that are going on and especially the the heat that Anthony Joshua was getting from some corners of uh, of the world for his first speech in which he called for uh, in which he called for the black community to inv- remember to invest in their communities and yeah. I, I I know I know that I think we all know the point he was trying to get across and but I think he incorrectly worded himself when he said don't spend money in their shops I think he meant to say don't spend money in the shops of people who who tolerate uh, t- tolerate bigotry or tolerate inequality? And that's how I read you. it. That's how I read it, and that's how I heard it. Yes, uh, that's the I inference can, I got from it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I completely agree with you on that. But I think I think those comments it, it it left itself open to interpretation for some people, and especially during the the racially charged times that we're in right now, people assumed that he meant don't spend money in white shops, what have you. But anyway, back to the point. That I was saying, part of me thinks that they've expedited this to capitalize on the on the tensions between uh, between well, I wouldn't say between whites and blacks or whatever, but the 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 fact that race is a is a hot topic and a hot issue right now. Yeah, and and as I've said many a time before, some of the the biggest fights in 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 boxing in boxing history and to a degree MMA, you could. You could probably put Khabib and McGregor into this equation. Religion or race have been a factor. They've been they've, they've been a factor, and those factors sell. So part of me thinks that they've done this to capitalize on this race thing. What's your thoughts? I one hundred percent agree with you. I tell you why. Look at what Tyson Fury said. Um, I think it was about. 48 hours ago, he was talking about the fact that, you know, Winston Churchill's statue should be uh, honoured and, and it should not be pulled down. And come to think of it, it's mm-hmm. uh, part of British and English heritage. How dare people even suggest that these monuments, which hark back and uh, celebrate when you think about it, um, people who have racist views, okay, mm-hmm. 100%, he. Um, led us through the war and you know we are in a situation now where we um you know have our freedom we have our liberty and we're not subjugated and um uh, oppressed um under you know german rule but the fact is this he had his flaws as well he said of course um and he has um we well, had some um uh, very very unsavory views um about ethnic minorities but not only that, you know, most of the statues which are, you know, in contention and are being talked about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, I, I, no worries. No, no, no. I, I, hold, hold, I, hold on. Just let me let me just backtrack there. I'm not going to edit this bit. And you know, you know what it was. What what made me pause there? I've got a chimney which is just behind me, and it sounded like someone was coming down. <laughs> 
But no, that's what that, that, I'm surprised you didn't hear it. It was like a massive thud. It was like um. It, no, I didn't hear it. Must, it must be a bit of debris which was lodged in there, but it's now come down in in, in the room. But no, I think that um you know a lot of the monuments which are you know being talked about and you know uh, Tyson referenced and the fact that you know he was talking about. Um, Winston Churchill's monument in um, central London should be protected. Mm-hmm. I think that plays into this whole narrative. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they are pitting black against white, but they are surely pulling at the narrative, which is you yeah. know, quite pro- prevalent in society today. And, you know, some might say that's clever promoting. Some might say that's manipulative. But either way, you and I will be watching this. And oh. as will a whole lot of other people. Oh, of course, man. I, I, I mean, this is one of the biggest fights in. Well, I think it's arguably going to be the biggest fight in the history of British boxing. Yeah. Point blank. Point blank. Period. And when you factor in all all this other stuff that that's happening, I I, I know the promoters are just wishing that this coronavirus wasn't a thing right now because if they could, they book this fight for the end of summer right now. But um. I wanted to ask you this, just on a related point. What's your mm. view then on um, the reason why this fight is happening? When you think about it, you know, uh, it's because of one man. And it's a controversial figure in the sport, and that's Daniel Kinahan. I mean, what, what do you think of his involvement in this and the fact that he has made this happen? Huh, well, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised that, that well, obviously he's he's been. Uh, um, how do I put it? Trying to legitimize himself a bit. Yeah, that's that's probably a way to a way to put it by by dabbling in 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 the boxing world and and MMA and MMA of course yeah with mm. the brave brave MMA now as well and yeah I'm look I mean he's not the first person with with gang ties to be involved in combat sports and he's not the last I mean yeah. Uh, I can understand why people are are concerned about yeah. him be, being at the at the forefront of of the deal, but at the same time, some, even some outlets are. I think the Irish Daily Star they've taken a stance and they've said that when the fight comes around, they're not going to cover it whatsoever. Wow! And I mean that's that's something because if you think of the amount of uh, revenue that you can make in. Uh, print adverts for for it and partnerships with betting companies and mm. and not to mention online as well with coverage online they're going to be missing out on a fair chunk of change but yeah i, I mean this man his his record speaks for itself and is is it is it concerning that somebody with with a background and record like this is uh is so prominent in in combat sports yes it is but as I said beforehand, there have been many, many shady characters involved in combat sports and there will be many more for years to come. My take on it is this. Look, I didn't hear people talking about Don King and his background, given yeah. his um, very, very colourful background. And he killed a man. Both, he killed a man, didn't he? Yes. Both, both, in, the, uh, you know, both in the sport, um, whether you're looking behind the scenes and also in front of it. When you look at boxers, when you look at mixed martial artists, there are no, uh, basically there's nobody who can step forward and say, yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm clean as the, the driven snow. And don't yeah. get me wrong, that doesn't, that doesn't legitimize what he's doing. But all I'm saying is, you know, other people have given a, uh, been given a fair shake. Other people have been given the benefit of the doubt that he wanted to, you know, basically have a, well, have another go at life. So yeah. how is it that, you know, this focus is just on this one man when, you know, there have been other people in the sport of boxing in particular who've had equally uh, colourful backgrounds as well? I th- yeah, I'm in complete agreement with what, what you're saying there. But I think it's the day and age that we live in now, the social media age where, and it didn't help that Tyson Fury literally sung his praises in the video afterwards. If you know, if, if you know, uh, after the announcement of the two fight deal, Print being agreed principally, and I think that's what really, yeah, that's that that's what drove the masses to be like, why is Tyson Fury praising praising this quote unquote gangster, even though he doesn't have any convictions. I'm pretty sure off, off the top of my head. Mm. But yeah, like like you say, there've been many many people 
I was about to say the great Don King. Obviously, he's not a, a, a great man. He screwed Mike Tyson out of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he screwed Mike Tyson out of money, and he's taking a man's life as well. Um, but yeah, but back to my point. There's so so many shady characters in in like even in MMA as well. Like, I mean, we don't even have to say the manager's name. Everybody knows who this manager is. So. Yeah, they're going to be shady characters forever. But a point that you said there, a point that you said there is interesting, that um, you talked about having a second chance and having a second go at life. There has to be a point, for me, I, I believe that there has to be a road to redemption for people. It, well, it depends on the severity of their crimes or whatever you've done. There has yeah. to be a road to redemption and forgiveness. Like, Otherwise, what are we doing here? It, and it goes back to... Say for say for instance, you have somebody who's who ha- held far right views when they were younger, or whatever. But as they've grown up, they've changed and they've accepted their their ways when they were younger were wrong. Mm. But and they and they've made a, co- a conscious effort to 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 inform people th- of what they did before and how it was wrong, and to educate the youth and put them on a put them on a better path. You can't then tarnish them for what they've done in the past and and still say that that is who they are to this day you have to there has to as i said there has to be a road to redemption for people that is a fantastic way of putting it because when you look at i I don't know about you but for me one of my absolute like um go-tos in terms of reference points and stances and um ideology is malcolm x now Mm -hmm. malcolm x was a renowned, when you think about it, he was talking about white devils, but he drew a line in the sand when he became Malik al Shabazz. And for me, that kind of like ties back to your point in that, yes, there was a road to redemption in his life. So why can't we give other people the benefit of the doubt in terms of road to redemptions in theirs? Well, I, I think we're just in this day and age now I don't want to say the council comes for generation necessarily, but again, I think it, now, a lot of people now it operate the the one strike and you're out policy. If you know what yeah. I mean, if you do if you do one thing, that's you tarnished for with that forever. And I actually saw people uh, speaking about Mark Wahlberg. I think it was last I think it was last week or whatever because yeah, he, he'd been involved in some uh, racially charged things when he when he was younger, but. He apologized for them. He's made concerted efforts to change and he's become a philanthropist or whatever, what have you. And this was, I think, over 25 or maybe even 30 years ago. I think Mark's mm. in his 50s now or whatever. Mm. Yeah, he is. And I mean, people change during, during, the t- during their lives as well. People aren't the same as when they're 15 or 16 or uh, what have you. You can't just... You can't just judge people from the actions of when they were younger and still say 35 or, four, or 30 years later that you're still this person. So, like, well, perhaps that's me just being a being an optimist or, or, or what have you, but I like to see the good in people and I like to think that people can change. I, I think I kind of echo exactly what you said there, that there has to be a redemptive uh, quality to your path, though, because you're, you're, you've mentioned that, you know, people who have had past indiscretions you know if they continue in that life today obviously they're not on a redemptive path but mm-hmm. i i don't know i i want to see the good in people just like yourself and i think that considering where kinahan is now in you know in his life i would like to think that he has drawn a line in the sand mm-hmm. and yeah if, if if that's true and if he wants to continue putting on the biggest boxing fights in the world and he's turned his back on on his previous associations and more power to him and yeah. then I, I i welcome him to the combat sports world with open arms oh, on that note um that about wraps up this week's episode of the Wocast. join us next week when um actually <laughs> let me just rewind nib 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 missing out the the, the the best bit of breaking news that from next week it will be g and myself back in the hot seat and um it will be ourselves and that is me you kairos and g coming up uh to talk all things mixed martial arts on a midweek edition from next week wednesday so until then 
make some trouble. Okay, Pootie, uh, I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Bleed. <laughs>